Hallelujah. Very good. My mom is here. Yay. So lovely. And uh, yes, many people ask me, how come you are so sweet? I just say, it's because of my mom. Yeah. This is not one of those jokes I tell, okay? I have a new joke actually. I'm going to read it to you because the message this morning, I told my mom, mom, I don't know why this Sunday are coming. I have this crazy message. It was actually a month ago. We did a prayer walk. Every first week of the month, we go at 5 o'clock in the morning. We either go to the fort or we go to the parlor bridge. We walk around and we pray that the king of glory will visit the Vellur city. And some of us have joined. So if you are free, first week we will usually message. And if you are free, 5 o'clock we gathered in the morning. We walk and finish off with a very good filter coffee. So it's, if, if you can't walk for prayer, at least for filter coffee, you can come. You know, I don't know if you're into coffee, but that's something. So after I came back, usually I get thoughts, I write it down, and that was, that was a heavy presence of God. And I wrote it down, and I asked the Lord, should I share? He said, no, there is a time will come, you will share. And uh, I'm going to share the message in a, in a while. So I told my mom, mom, I'm going to talk about this. Uh, I'm going to share my journey also in this. Uh, she knows my journey, but... It's going to be beautiful. So let me read this joke. So it's a really good one. A kindergarten teacher was walking around observing her classroom of children while they were drawing pictures. As she got to one girl who was working diligently, she asked, what's the drawing was all about? The girl replied, I am drawing God. The teacher paused and said, but no one knows what God looks like. Without looking up from a drawing, the girl replied, they will in a minute. Okay, all right, not so funny, I guess. But anyway, lift up your Bible. Let's say this after me. Lord Jesus, influence me this morning. Holy Spirit, you will anoint my lips as I speak. And I pray for sensitive hearts and mind. I pray this will not just go on a hard soil. It will just go deep. And I pray that you will transform us into your original design. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So before we jump into the sermon title, last week I shared a few statements like a backdrop statements. And I think some of you might remember. If it's not, it's still up in the screen. Uh, it says, only God can convict us without condemning us. And only God can humble us without humiliating or shaming us. And only God can honor us without flattering us. And this is something very important to understand who God is. He doesn't condemn us, but he convicts us. He doesn't humiliate us, but he humbles us. You know, we live in a shame, honor culture. We all know that. Suddenly, we people will praise, oh, this guy. You know, if you go to any political meeting, they will read. And even if you go to some, you know, like recently attended one wedding, and there was a big man of God was invited. And for to introduce that man of God, there was, there was a guy who was introducing about the speaker. For 20 minutes, he talked about how, what he did, all these things, things. And I was thinking, glad that was not on my wedding because I was prepared to go for a honeymoon. And this guy is talking about another guy who's all his achievements, you know. So, so this is, that's the culture we come from. But then the third one I wrote, only God can honor us without flattering us. But then I want to add these two more statements because this will help you why and what I'm going to share. Whatever gets your attention will get you finally. Whatever gets your attention will get you finally. And the other one, you are as sick as your secrets are. And we live in a shame culture. 
there are some things in india you don't talk about there are certain things in india it's under the carpet there are some things in india it's considered taboo so this morning i want to talk about it's on the title there is there yes i want to talk about sex and i want to talk about how to honor god with our bodies and i want to read a scripture from there from the bible and um, and then let's go into there first corinthians turn with me chapter 6 from 17 to 20 and i will read from the niv and uh, let's see how it goes uh, it's up in the screen if you don't have a bible uh, if you don't have a bible you can also sit next to your christian but that's a joke also but whoever is united with the lord is one with him in spirit verse 18 flee from sexual immorality all other sins a person commits are outside the body but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the holy spirit who is in you whom you have received from god you are not on your own you are bought at a price therefore honor god with your bodies and one of the biggest challenges is this every time i wrote down here on any given subject the first view that you got exposed will be your primary view about the subject until you correct it with the truth in other words whatever you are exposed with say for example when i grew up uh, i grew up as as many of you know i grew up in a pentecostal family my grandparents actually uh, were pastors of a tpm church and we grew up in a very tight orthodox pentecostal family where the topic was never even talked about and i still remember when i was 9 years old i asked my mom how did we come from and she said we prayed and you came and uh, and that's true and i asked a little bit curious i said how did we come from she said we came from from the belly button and i'm having an operation on the belly button <laughs> dr ivan knows and in two weeks time so and i was so so I was like what the heck that's such a big boy came out of from the small belly button i didn't know and then when i was 10 years old one of my friend who was like 15 he took me to his home and he showed me a full blown pornography video and he said this is how you came and i remember coming home crying angry at my dad and i said dad did you do this all things to my mom it was a naive spirit but i was but my dad he was shocked obviously he didn't know how to handle this thing he took the sata which is a whip and whipped me and said who taught you this who taught you this and never gave the answer to that so what happened that become my world view that's become my first introduction for the subject called sex so i became curious and i started as you told as i told you the story i was addicted to pornography and god set me free and i'm 42 years old god gave me a wife and i'm married for almost 10 years and god could able to he help me to live a pure life from the day of redemption that was in my early 20s amen so i want to share this with you because this is a subject that's never talked about you know 3 years ago we were in oxford every year we go to oxford there's a church invites us and we go and do a seminar on holy spirit that particular church said we are having another seminar also this is a guy who comes and runs the seminar on pornography and we we were a part of it and we were just listening there and this guy's own father i'm not going to go in detail he is a minister to the lord but addicted to child porn and the 
and the church came to realize, the state came to realize he was arrested. So God delivered this fellow and I mean out of that family came this guy. He is now a minister to the Lord. He is so passionate and it brings up statistics that blows your mind. He says in the early 90s, addiction to pornography among women was less than 10%. Today it's almost 60%. There is a great need. We don't talk about it. It's so challenging that we don't talk about it because it's dirty. It feels dirty because church, don't talk about it. Religion shames it. Go to the world, it kind of like, it, it celebrates it. So you don't know where it comes from. So I wrote down two statements. You can't crucify the demon. Sometimes we think we have to crucify, but you can't crucify a demon. Neither can't you cast your flesh. Because there are things, Bible says, we are all come from an Adamic nature. And Adam had his children after the fall. That means, by, that's what in Psalms 51 says, in sin my mother conceived me. So it's not like we are sinless. There is a sinful nature. Nobody tells a two-year-old not to steal a cookie. Where we didn't teach them. Nobody teaches a five-year-old not to lie. It's there inside the sinful nature. That's why I've said this two weeks ago. The blood of Jesus cancels the penalty. The resurrection of Jesus gives the power over the sin. But the anointing of the Holy Spirit gives us a victorious life. So we, we need all those three. The blood of Jesus cancels the penalty of the sin. The resurrection of Jesus gives us the power over sin. But that resurrection to be alive, we need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So I want to talk, it won't be not be done, it will be a joke if I say in 30 minutes we will be covering such a vast subject. So God willing we will continue next week also. But I want to do some foundational work and to next week we will talk about how do we overcome literally these temptations and some practical ideas. So this is the thing, three basic truths about sex. First one, God created sex, he is the founder Author, CEO, president is the originator of sex. We can't go and ask your world, your celebrity, tell me about sex. He is the originator. He designed, number two, he designed sex. He's the mastermind behind sex between man and woman under the context of marriage. He designed it. So whatever you had in your mind, think about it. God designed it God created it and the third one God has a purpose for sex and it is for enjoyment also for reproduction it's for productivity pleasure and productivity this is the three foundational truth and he designed sex and he could have designed it like laying a egg and sitting on it he could have done it right I mean imagine that laying an egg I mean Eunice laid an egg and there are some species I heard that the male versions goes and warms it up. Imagine what you're doing, Charles. I'm warming up Isaac to be born. He, he could have done that, right? But he didn't do that. So there are things that he designed it. Why he designed it? It's for pleasure and productivity. And it's designed for a man and a woman. Now there is a law going on in California that you can't just say man and woman in any organization. Right now, if you are having a form, you have to put the third one, not just to say other, you have to specify LGBTQ, you have to put transgender, and then there is another, because people saying it will be so bigotry if you just say, I am just a man and female. Can you believe how far we have come? 
Can, can you understand this? And this is not very far. Even in India, we have adopted this. So I, there is a fear of God when I'm sharing this, and we need to talk about it, and we see, you know, how we can be a kingdom citizen in this. So let's go a little bit. Let's do some little, um, you know, worldview search. How religion handles sex. Religion, this is what it does. It shuns sex after it is dirty. You go to any religious person and you say, I am battling with this thought. The next time when they look at you, they look at you as a dirty person. Yes or no? Yes? I still remember one of my uh, pastors that I went and shared that I was struggling in my early teens. And, and the pastor, the next time I was in the fire with the Lord, he looked at me and says, Oh, you still, how can you do this? Because I still remember what you did. Because this brings us into a place of dirtiness. Religion also shames, degrades the person who is involved in it. It also glorifies, on the other hand, that's why we have temple prostitutes, devadasis, and all those things. I mean, Amy Carmichael, some of you might know, she worked in Donavur rescuing those kids from the temple prostitutes. And I know one of my friends, he works in Bangalore, who come from the generation of the temple prostitute. Today, God is using him to reach out to thousands and thousands of kids. He lives and works in Bangalore. It's, isn't it amazing to think about it? Like God takes people from out of such a brokenness and restores. So this is what religion talks about. Look at how the world handles it. world celebrates it. That's what the world does. The world, it just says, blow it up, man. You live only once. Have you heard that? You only live once. You live only once. Blow it up. That's it. It celebrates. Man is created for sex. Actually, it's not true. The original design is sex is created for man. It perverts. What I wrote down here, please pay attention. What was unthinkable, that was abomination, now becomes ordinary. And what is ordinary now becomes tolerated, celebrated, praised and promoted. This is exactly where we are at. What was unthinkable? 50 years ago, you would say some things. Now it's normal. In Actually, in UK, they have reduced, they have reduced the, the pornography site age to age 12. You can watch. If you are 12 years old, you can watch. And in 7-Eleven stores, you can go buy a coupon. It's free. If you show your ID card, they'll give you. You can log into this. They say, we cannot wait. tell them to wait until 16. They are already messing up. Can you believe? And still, after the digital India came, many of them are struggling in this area. And even in the Christian filling this with not to bring any condemnation or hurt on anyone, but I'm telling this because God wants us to live a holy life in this area. He desires this. And I am passionate to see young people. It's not about a 95-year-old man talking about sexual purity when nothing is working. Hello? If I'm passionate to see young men and women like you who have all the desires but still say, Christ in me is the hope. Amen? So look at this. And then the world also what it does, it sensualizes sex. Almost every time you turn your TV on, even to sell a small chewing gum, you need sensuality. Is it true or not? Everything you turn, if you want to even buy a panprak, it's, you have to have a sensual outlook on it. So this is what is happening. What went wrong actually? This is what went wrong. We marginalized God. 
God is on the sidelines. Church never talks about it because it's a very dirty subject. If you talk about it, it's like it brings, it's like opening a can of worms and everything is up there. People don't know what to do and they are like so stuck and they, it's, it's better to put a pretense face and happy one and a half hours. Good, I'm good brother. God is good brother. That's true. You are, not, you are messed up, but it's okay. That's how we have come to that place. But God has designed us in a way that we are vulnerable so that we can address this issue. So God is on the sidelines. Number two, man has become God. That's what we read in Romans 1, 31 and 32. Please do yourself a favor. Read this entire chapter, Romans. You will understand. I'm just picking up a few things. It says, Paul was talking about this particular group. They are saying they are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, boastful, in their even invent new ways of sinning. They disobey their parents. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things will deserve to die. Yet, when they, they do them anyway, worst yet, they encourage others to do them too. This is what we have right now. You know, when Indian Supreme Court said, adultery is no more a crime, I heard a story, a guy brought his girlfriend to his home and said to his wife, now make supper for both of us. It's not a crime. And I attended a lecture in Oxford University when I were there one of those years and this guy was talking about, he was talking about because we took the law of God from the society, today we need the laws to keep the society in peace. It's true. Today, everything in the base, if it is in the law, it's permittable. You go, to, you go to Holland. I lived there as a missionary in Holland for four years. It's not a sin to have marijuana. In fact, they sell it as a candy. Like a candy. Like a candy. I have a candy here. Oh, yes, a candy. Like literally like this pouch. This is a mouth freshener. This is not marijuana. Okay. <laughs> this is my mouth freshener. You know. And when I meet with people, I want the anointing of the Lord to touch them, not the breath of weapon of mass destruction, you know. So that's why I carry this all the time, you know, make sure that people are not threatened by my voice, <laughs> you know. So this is the thing. People carry this. It's like this. And funny thing is, if you, if imagine this is the uh, shop and if you are outside the shop eating this, you are violating the law. You'll go to prison. But the same person inside chewing it, it's acceptable. Hello? Just like the Jewish Sabbath stop elevators. If Jerusalem, on the Sabbath, every floor, the elevator stops. Why? Because if you press it, you are sinning. But it stops on every floor. So as long as you keep going, no pressing, no work, it's fine. You can keep going and coming as long as you want. You know, in, in Dubai, they want to plant an underground casino. I asked them why they are planting underground casino. Because Sharia law forbids to gamble on the land. So we are putting it under the water. Guys, we have found ways to justify our lifestyle. We say it's a human thing. We say it's a man's need. We say it's a normal thing. It's because we are in a broken world. That's why I wrote down it's how to fix it. I wrote down four simple ways. But I wrote down here how to fix it. We have to go back to the originator. The first thing is to repent. We don't talk about it to people. We don't share to people, hey, I'm struggling in this area. I really need deliverance. And I want to ask if, if I can, please, Brother Arnab and my brother Sunil, if you can come on the stage. I want to share this very 
foundational truth to all of you, giving an example, okay? And, okay, I want you to stand here, and brother can stand here. You're married for? Seven months. I'm married for nine years. Brother, you're married for? 22 years. 22 years. Listen, listen. This is the truth. I wish people could be here, but we are recording. Anyway, you know, seven months married, nine years married, 22 years married. The temptation is still the same. Okay? People say, Before, until marriage, I want to keep myself pure. What about after marriage? You want, you're going to become impure? You have to stay pure after marriage, even after seven months. I have to stay pure even after nine years. Brother Sunil has to stay pure even after 22 years. Kapish? Yes. yes. Thank you so much. This is the reality. But we don't see that. We think, I want to be pure. I'm holding on. You know, people say, I'm taking cold bucket showers, brother, because I want to keep myself pure until the day of my marriage. Very beautiful. But what happens after that? You see, when you get married, you get exposed to stuff that you have never seen. And that's when the temptation is even more. And that's when you have to be accountable. And I have given permission to my wife to ask me, hey, when was the last time you had a lustful thought? I have given permission. Why? Because I really want not to mess it up. I have seen too many people cover it up and mess it up in this area. I have given permission. And I've, you know, and, and she would ask me, Charles, and sometimes we go to a beach, you know, in the European beaches, you need Jesus there, you know. And, and, and she would be like, Charles, are you okay? I'm like, yes, shakamarandalama, I'm okay, I'm fine. You know, my eyes are fixed on you, oh Lord, you know. But I have given her permission. If I say to her, baby, it's okay, you are the most beautiful, it's all true. But the temptation is there. Temptation is not sin, but yielding to it. Hello? Remember the story of a guru and a Sishian walking in the forest and suddenly they had a creek to cross and there was this beautiful young girl. She doesn't know how to swim. The guru said, I will carry you on my shoulder. So the guru carried on the shoulder and crossed the creek and dropped her there. This Sishian disciple could not believe what the guru did. So for a whole day they're walking through the forest and then the, after this he could not keep it himself. He asked, Guruji tell me this, when you carried this beautiful girl on your shoulder, what did you feel? And his guru looked at him and said, I dropped her in the creek itself. You've been carrying her in your mind for the whole day. Hello? I don't know where I read, but somewhere when I read, this struck in my mind. I'm like, how many times it sticks here? And we don't deal with this. We don't op open up. We don't share. And that leads me to the second point. Talk about it without shame. Reveal it to someone. I've said this before. Revealing your feeling is the beginning of your healing. It's a rhythmic word, but it's the truth. You have to find someone and say, talk about it. It's not like going around and say, one person this week, I find you, my friend, because I'm going to tell all about you next week. I'm going to shake the lottery and pick one person and go on that person. No, no, no. It doesn't work like that. We have to be accountable. Why? If you reveal to someone, it makes you feel accountable. 
I have given that permission. You know, I have three mentors. One for the church. There's a guy called Tom. He works with me. He calls me now and then. And there is a family mentor. There is a couple been married for 45 years. And they call me Patricia and Gabriel. And, and there's another person. Some of you might know Ben Dismukes. He was here preaching. And these people keep me on God. Not because they are my police. But I have made myself vulnerable. So that they can ask me tough questions. Hello? Sometimes we don't want people to ask tough questions. Why? Because there is something called ego. You know, and I want to be vulnerable so that God can. I like what Brother Sunil said. Before the breakthrough happens, there needs to be a breaking inside. And that breaking is important. That's part of growing like Jesus. Do you ever think Jesus never had temptation when he lived? He was the most handsome fellow. And that too in Israel. The girls there are beautiful and he walked down there and plus on the top he's a superhero. He goes, he turns the people, eyes are getting, you know, can see dead people come to rise. You see how much temptation but yet he kept himself. He had the communion with the father, he had the close three friends, he had the 12 group and he ministered. Hello, it's important that we reveal it to a Christian friend. Third one, we create a culture which is counterculture that lives contrary to the current cultural flow. What is that? You are redeeming it. You are repenting, you are revealing, and you are redeeming. You are creating a counterculture. So, this is how it is. Every counterculture, you know, I did my schooling in 1992, and we met after 23 years, we did the high school reunion. Anybody? Did anything like that, high school reunion? It's, it's so much fun, but also so much dangerous. Why? Because when they saw me in 1992, I was a Christian by salvation, but I had a dirty mouth. I used to give double meaning jokes and talk and all those things. So all they knew me was Charles, the wonderful double meaning joker. So 22 years later in Salem, in one of the five-star restaurants, they had a big party. They came there. They said, Macha, you came. They all sat together. Joke solida. <laughs> you know, literally, I said this. I'm a pastor. I follow Jesus. And I don't say this. One guy said, this is the greatest joke we ever heard. And I said, this is true. This is true. Listen to me. Listen. Because this is the reality. I'm not exaggerating. Not trying to be evangelistic or something. This is the real truth. And I said, no, I have changed. I still remember. But I choose not to share. And, and I tell you, now the next 25th, you know, there was a movie called 96. So we were the 90, 92nd batch. So, so these guys are saying, let's do this on air card. We will have a meeting together and let's talk. And, and Macha, this time at least will you do it? I said, no, it's the same. I'm the same guy. I've, God set me free in this. You know, why? Because you are trying to go against the current flow. You are creating a counterculture. Sometimes we say, no, no, no. I just want to not to hurt their feelings. You know, when we try to hurt, not hurt someone's feelings, but we are hurting the feelings of God. It's God. He's a feeler. He's our papa. He doesn't want us to just do whatever, you know. And the fourth one, it says, empower the culture with the original design, which basically means you create a counterculture, but then you empower the culture. You talk about it. You say, this is how we do stuff. 
you know there is a tendency there is a stigma in the indian culture the modern english speaking churches are kind of loose because we hug we kind of say hi we don't say namaste we don't say vanakkam we say hi you know we kind of become very friendly so we there is a taboo there these people are the modern people they are very loose i come against that in the name of jesus we can still be modern wear your torn jeans that you went and bought and paid so much money still you can still be holy amen and that's why we even talk even kiranti come here today i'm going to do a lot of exper- you know even we talk about it in the staff you know when you are with the opposite sex how do you give a hug you know we talk about it you know bible says you know in spanish culture the, this is what you do in spanish culture you kiss on the cheeks that's a normal so on the day of my wedding there were 300 people and my dad said to me i have never seen a guy like you who kissed more girls on your wedding date because it's a normal thing you kiss i'm not going to do that to you okay so they kiss on the cheeks it's a normal thing but i can't do this in india but we have come to a modern culture we say oh hug you know i always tell orientation week in the staff i talk about when you hug make sure you ask permission if i can do a side hug don't do a friend hug you know and and then when you even pray then ask can i put my hands you know sometimes when we pray we like lord checking out if this is a six pack or a single pack you know guys we have to use wisdom we have to use wisdom sometimes we don't use wisdom and that's why the people outside east handley johns one of my favorite author he says sometimes our message is corrupted with the culture that's why the people hate the message hello we have a message what is the message christ is the message but the culture is not the culture the from the society imagine if i go to a village and i give a hug to an opposite sex even if it is my wife what they will think this guy is a pervert in the middle of the road he is hugging they have eight kids that's a different story hello but this is what they say so i have to be sensitive so we always say give a hug opposite side a hug ask before you touch can i pray and even if you pray you put your hand here don't put your hand and rub and check it out oh yeah i can see the curves yes lord amen release it no 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 don't do any nonsense of those things we talk about it because we don't do this things we, we kind of we we either shun it or we shame it we never empower it and i'm passionate about it because you are young people you have you live with singles you're going to meet people you're going to have people sometimes you had a big argument in the ch- in the in, in your home and then you come to your office there is going to be a girl who comes and says sir i like your t-shirt the enemy will come and say look my wife just said you are good for nothing somebody is complimenting your t-shirt is good this is how it comes uh, you know sorry guys this is the reality how you deal with this how you bring it to the cross temptations are there brother i want to live without temptation basically you are saying i want to die thank you kranti so this is what you do empower the culture with the original design okay i wrote down two statements here it's not up in the screen love doesn't tolerate sin love protects you from sin it's the truth love doesn't tolerate sin lot of time people say it's love brother jesus loves me john 15 says john 17 says please do yourself a favor if you truly love me you will obey me 
So love doesn't tolerate sin. Love protects you from sin. That's why it's so important. I remember I was going to uh, Brazil in 2015 to preach and I left my ring in India and I and my wife said you are not going to Brazil without a ring. So she bought me this ring for 100 rupees. So that's the way I have wear this. You know, now I have like four or five. I have a story for all of those, but I want to tell you everything. But she bought me this ring. She said, you better wear this and go. Because I want to make sure there is not even a room for people to think. You know, and that's why it's very important. I never counsel opposite sex. I never. Why? It's not because I'm vulnerable or whatever. It's not wise. Rick Warren says this, very important. He says, even he doesn't give lift to his co-workers if it is a female. Why? Because the appearance of evil. The guy talks about purpose-driven life. What is he driving now? This is the reality. We have to be careful. I'm not saying, you know, Vice President Mike Pence, he doesn't have a female staff in his room alone. Vice President Mike Pence, the Hollywood make joke of, out of him, but the guys who made joke, they've been married for seven times. So guys, which culture are we going to go? Are we going to go into the current culture or are we going to create a counterculture? Are we going to stand firm? And it's very important how you relate to opposite sex, how you talk, how you handle, how you handle your private time alone when nobody is watching. What is integrity? Integrity is doing the right thing when nobody is watching. That's called integrity. Amen? So this is what happens. It's almost 10.25. We are not going to continue this. We're going to cover this more. But I, let me give you this couple of thoughts when God gives you an idea, I read this, when God gives you an idea, it's called inspiration. But when devil gives you an idea, it's called temptation. And usually temptation happens after a very huge success or when you are exhausted or when you are frustrated or when you are bored. This always happens. You look at, maybe you got your driving license. Maybe you passed your exams. Maybe you, you've, you got your new promotion. Or you are bored or you are frustrated. You had a bad day. You know, sometimes we have bad days, right? Any, yeah, thank you so much. You, you know, the, the rest of you are like, what is a bad day, brother? I want you to pray for me. Okay, yes. Except Sister Mary, she said, yes, I have bad day. Okay. You know, those bad days, you know, and then exhausted, frustrated. That's when our guards are down. We are vulnerable. We are vulnerable. I still remember in a country that I live unnamed, I was invited to go and preach. They gave me a hotel, stay there, turn the TV on, full-blown pornography. I mean, I, it, it's, it, those are the times you figure out where the heck remote is and it's, you wanted to shut it off. And I remember throwing that remote, I thought even I would rather pay, you know, uh, a, a fine for losing the remote. I throw that remote in such a way it's almost broke. He said, let me charge my credit card. It doesn't matter because I want to be in a place where I am not giving room to that enemy. And I made myself vulnerable by telling my co-pastor, a friend who took me there, he said, hey, this is what's going on. I don't like to be in the room alone. I want to hang out with you. When I'm feeling tired, I will go there. Why? Because you are far, thousands and thousands of kilometers away and you are in this room and everybody said, this sermon was good. You're so fine. Your guards are down. You turn this thing on. Some messed up stuff is going on. And that's what the Bible says. Every day, wash yourself with the word. Wash yourself with the word. What do you do? You take the word. See, this is the thing. Any form of temptation that came through your word is a spirit, is a person. 
Hello? That's why when, when Jesus was tempted, he says, it is also written. Hello? So you have to take the word and the counter word, which is the word of God, to attack that word. So this is what I wrote down here. Usually, uh, usually temptation happens after a huge success when you are bored or exhausted or frustrated. This is where we want to finish off and we're going to pray. Next week, God willing, we'll continue. Temptation starts with four different phases. Is it up in the screen? Yes. First one, it starts with a desire. Second, doubt. Third, deception. Fourth, disobedience. It starts, it's, it's, you never, it all starts with the, with the first thing, a desire. A desire comes. I wish I could do this. It, we are talking here sexual temptation. It could be even a food. How many of you sit down, you saw something on the television, you want to crave the same food. You just had dinner. Anybody can witness? Yes? Thank you. So most of you are like, man, I'm, you guys need to pray. For, I'm coming to the altar call. You're like, you know, you, I've seen, I have eaten good food, turn the TV or something on, and the Swiggy ad or something, and I'm not feeling hungry. Well, it starts with the desire, and the desire turns into doubt. That's what happened. He was doubting. Did God really say this? You will be the son of God. You are the daughter of God. Hello? They are the daughters of God. They are the image of God. They carry the presence of God. But it's a doubt. When the doubt is replaced with the deception, what is the deception? Deception is when you start believing the lie as the truth. A lot of times people say, brother, this is what the Lord is calling me to do. One guy married for the fifth time. The pastor asked, why are you marrying for the fifth time? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He quoted a scripture. See, the deception has made him to believe that what he is doing is actually the truth. This is another True story I'm telling you. One of my friends, he worked in, in Namibia where they have polygamy, which is a very common thing in the southern African countries among the, the Bushmans. And this particular Bushman came to the church and the pastor told him, you cannot come into the church because we don't believe in polygamy. You have nine wives. He keep on coming. The guy said, no, you cannot come. 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 One fine day, three months later, he finally showed up. The pastor said, I told you, you cannot come. He said, I don't have nine wives. I have only one. Hey, you're bluffing, man. We know your community. You are one of the chief in that village. No, I don't. Then the people are asking, how come you don't have? He said, I killed them all. I just have one. So we go to that other extreme where the church, it's a sad story. We go to another extreme where the church take the book as streets with no mercy but then the world says, forget about this. You are the God. You can do whatever. But only Christ can fill that gap. That's what we are talking about here. And the last one, it leads to disobedience. I want to close off by this thing, by saying, and we will pray. It's not up in the screen. Faithfulness is not fancy. Faithfulness is not fun. Faithfulness is not everyone's favorite. But faithfulness reveals the heart of a true person. Let me read this again. Let it sink. Sometimes you feel like, I feel good when I do this. I feel satisfied when I do this. When I look at it, it feels me. One of the guys that our team in South Africa mentored, and, we, and this guy was under the addiction of pornography for almost 20 years. And, and, the, and when they asked him, how come you're addicted? He said, every time I'm looking at it, that person's high is looking directly to me. I feel so comfortable. 
because he don't have a father mother he had abusive relationship so there is a person who is giving him an eye contact he feel comfortable you see the deception faithfulness is not fancy faithfulness is not fun faithfulness is not everyone's favorite but faithfulness that's why god says at the end of the day he doesn't say good and famous servant he says good and faithful servant faithfulness reveals the heart of a true person i want you to wherever you are just bow your heads we're going to pray for a few minutes next week god willing we will talk about how to overcome temptations i wrote down few practical ideas how to overcome temptations and and usually this is what happens when you are tempted you have go through shock you go through frustration and you go through discouragement and this is a cycle a vicious cycle we go through a shock how come lord last week only i fasted now i blew it up again and then you go through frustration i again again and then you are discouraged you never think you will be overcome this this is a vicious cycle the holy spirit wants to set us free you know in papa's house we believe in openness we believe in sharing whatever i mean that's why whatever my wife is doing with the women she never shares any details of it because i i don't want to know those details and as vice versa when when men comes to me and share and we have created a vulnerable and god has blessed us you know i am so glad you know my brother sunil is here my brother ivan is here some mature men who have walked a walk a little path in ahead of us are here so we can be vulnerable and say hey i'm struggling in this area i need breakthrough can you check on me can you do me a favor check on me you know that's why i wrote down you are as sick as your secrets are the more you keep it in the dark there is no breakthrough you the moment you bring it up in the light light never fights with darkness it just shows up that's why jesus said i am the light of the world a few chapters later he says you are the light of the world let's bring christ into this dark situation let's bring it up and say god i really need a breakthrough in this area not trying to do it on my own not trying to control it trying to do this i believe god wants to start this groundwork even now so wherever you are i just want you to do this if this is you battling with maybe it's a thought it's a lust maybe it's a porn maybe it's a, it's 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 a masturbation maybe it's it's something that is that is you know your inner spirit is not witnessing to that just wherever you are put your hand on your heart and say god i need you 